All right, Tuesday already. We have Steve Greenfield in the studio, kind of, for this morning's show. We're talking about Joe Biden's comments on the UAW contract negotiations and Ford making moves in software as a subscription. It's more than talk with them. They're actually doing things, which is nice to see. Steve, good morning. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Thanks it's for having me. It's going well. It's good to have you here. Um, is Atlanta experiencing the heat waves of the summer, or is that like just normal Atlanta summer? Well, normal Atlanta summer, but th- this next week actually is going to be the hottest week of the year, interestingly enough, for some reason in August. So who knows with Atlanta? I know. I know. Are you traveling a lot uh, in the summer, or are you experiencing uh, a slowdown? It's been a slowdown, but I'm about to, to ramp back up. I've actually got two speaking engagements in the Middle East at two different mobility conferences. So we're starting to expand our reach globally now. Wow. No, no joke. Well, I heard it's hot over there, too. I imagine it is. Yes. <laughs> so it's just it's just like uh, just like conditioning. Um, so uh, let's talk about a few things going on. Obviously, a SodaCon is coming in hot September 26th and 27th. Can't wait. I cannot wait. Uh, uh, we can't wait to have you there. We have uh, lots of amazing guests. Mike Stanton from NADA is going to be there. Jamie Butters, editor of Automotive News. Dealers upon dealers and operators and practitioners, over a thousand rooftops already represented in the speaker list. And we're probably just about 50% through uh, announcing speakers. So it's going to be an amazing couple of days. Um, also, we have a new show that's launching. Uh, to Well, launched last week. The next episode's launching today. It's The Wheelhouse. Uh, it's going to be at 1 p.m. live streamed on LinkedIn. Um, if we're ever going to get in trouble for things that are said on a show, this is probably the one, but that's okay <laughs> because it's hosted by a GM of Mercedes-Benz of Easton, Daniel Gover. So if he says anything, we can just point at him and be like, I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? He's the DJ. Right. <laughs> he says what he wants. <laughs> It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It doesn't. And, and some at some point, Brian Kramer from Cars is probably going to get the hook from the PR department, too. They're going to be like, yeah, you're a little too close to that one, buddy. But uh, <laughs> if, if if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's also a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, it's kind of modeled after ESPN's Around the Horn. There's sound effects. It's fast moving. And, um, you know, you'll you'll learn a little something as well. But uh, we have some news to talk about today. So So let's get into it. Um, kind of in the ongoing saga, uh, President Biden has now entered the conversation in the contract negotiations between the UAW and the big three. He said, I'm asking all sides to work together to forge a fair agreement. Uh, you know, just a pretty, pretty like down the middle kind of comment. He said in a statement as he urged union auto workers and the Detroit's big three to reach a new agreement uh, before their contracts expire. He stressed the need for middle class supportive contract um, amid industry tech shifts, while the UAW, represented by 150,000 workers, uh, considers a strike if no agreement is made by that deadline of September 14th. Um, And the potential strike could lead to a a potential $400 to $5 million per week uh, Mm -hmm. decline in production. Uh, Steve, we haven't heard your comments on this, the whole contract negotiations, the talk. What's your perspective on the whole situation? Yeah, so this is pulling at the hammer, right? The biggest hammer you can have if Biden gets involved. I mean, things get really messy, but things can get resolved really quickly and maybe both sides aren't happy. But I think it's, um, well, nothing good can come from a strike, right? I understand both both sides have really dug in. On one side, the OEMs are really worried about setting precedent. And the other side, you know, the, the, the unions are saying, hey, you know, give us what's due, especially given the last couple of years have been so profitable. I mean, it's been so profitable for OEMs and dealers. They're looking at it and say, give us our fair share. Mm-hmm. But I mean, n- nothing good can come from a strike. I can appreciate Biden now signaling, hey, I might have to get involved here. Um, if nothing else, it just makes both parties that much sharper with their negotiation because they realize, you know, 
daddies behind the scenes and may, may intervene here. Uh, but um, hopefully for the state of like the industry, for the state of the economy, for everybody, this thing does get resolved. And I think, you know, Biden's just doing what he has to do at this point. I mean, you would expect him to signal that, hey, we're, we're, we're come comes to shove here that I'm gonna have to get involved. You know, Jamie Butters was at uh, David Kane's event earlier in the year. It was probably sometime around May. And he said the one thing that people aren't talking about that he thinks is going to be a big topic of conversation is this strike. Um, you know, Sean Fain kind of knew that the scene when he came in seems like he's not playing around. Um, you know, he's obviously going very hard on the demands in the front. Seems like a very tough negotiator. Um, I guess we'll see. I, I don't know what he was. Do you know what he was doing before he had this position? I'm not certain. No, I'm not certain. No, but yeah, I mean, good, good for him. He's built a brand around himself. I'm, I'm certain that the, the, the unions are rallying around him. He's playing tough guy for now. But, you know, negotiation tactics 101 is to anchor, you know, the opposition to something way out there. Mm -hmm. You can always come off of that. Mm -hmm. But if you can anchor them and set expectations way out there, you can come off of it and come up with a reasonable sort of like negotiation at the end of it. But um, it definitely has been interesting to watch. And hopefully, fingers crossed, it doesn't get to the point of actually having a strike. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you have parts suppliers already like just barely keeping up. And um, all types of just like normalization that maybe is starting to happen. Right. And so, yeah, um, yeah well, well, we'll see what happens. Well, I'll tell you what, one of the big three um, is not waiting around for things to happen. So speaking of Ford. Segway. Time. All right. So Ford has done it again. They appointed another former Apple executive, Peter Stern, as president of its new business unit, which is called Ford Integrated Services. He's going to lead the company's customer experience strategy. Good call. Stern was vice president of services at Apple and oversaw uh, some common things you may be familiar with, like Apple TV Plus, iCloud, Apple News Plus, Apple Books, and Apple Arcade, as well as its ad and cloud service. So obviously a lot of experience with shifting to subscription based revenue streams. His team at Ford is going to bring together hardware, software, and services across all three units, uh, their ICE unit, their Model E unit, and their Ford Pro. And he's going to manage uh, some new services I had never heard of, Ford Next Venture Studio. And this is going to include some out-of-vehicle experiences, kind of like out-of-body experiences, that, <laughs> that utilize car cameras for non-driving activities. So uh, here's a quote from Jim Farley, and then get your thoughts on it. Uh, Jim Farley says, everyone is so focused on the EV transformation, um, but I keep saying the biggest change in our industry is going to be digital product and physical service. So having a digital product that has a physical service attached to it. He said, our industry is littered with bad choices about subscription services service and that's not the direction we're going in yeah 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 so th th so yeah, this sends a strong signal that they're gonna be more customer centric bringing an apple executive in you know ford's been probably the most aggressive that we've heard they've been very successful with ford pro i mean th th their announcement earlier this year that they've got four hundred thousand subscribers on ford pro and the revenue is up 60 percent year over year mm -hmm. i think um they they they, they, they believe that they can get to two thousand dollars per year per per vehicle and subscription products and i think it's you know the world is their oyster and i, I know it's interesting every time i post a linkedin article on this there's always this visceral reaction people say like how dare they you know there's somebody in the industry that posted this today on one of my linkedin posts i won't, won't mention his name but you know you can't install a, uh, a feature into a vehicle and not activate it for the owner but you know i was thinking this morning is like i get cable tv into my home that's a great they can, yes they can 
toggle on ESPN or toggle off ESPN based on what I'm spending. And it's like, I don't complain. I mean, that's a nice feature to have that I can pay for it any given month that I want it. So I think that, you know, we've entered a new era where this is inevitable. I think, I think you know, positioned correctly, consumers will love it. It'll be a great feature uh, that I can toggle on or off features as they need within vehicles. Mm-hmm. But um, I, 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 we'll, we'll see. There's, there's still friction to be had, I think. You know, that's an interesting point about like, where are we conditioned to already do that? Even think like internet speed, right? What do you want? The line's coming into the house. You want us to flip it to, you know, 50 megabytes, 100, a gig. Um, I, I, you know, it's just, we're not used to it, right? It's that new change. And we operate, like you pointed out, that way in so many other areas. But, right. you know, I, th- I think when, when the conversation around the heated seats came out, remember BMW, I think that was, that was a little bit more of the rub. Like, what do you mean? Like, I have to, you want to charge me for the heat too? You know, it just... Right. It's yeah. like as if we're just conditioned. No, no, like you have to, you're entitled to a warm butt if there's a seat. You know what I mean? It's yeah. one of those. But um, let's go a little further into the story. So speaking of hardware standard, uh, you know, kind of functionality optional. Stop. Segway. Time. Okay, so... Um, this new uh, this new VP Peter Stern he wasn't playing around or wasting any time because in a, in a press conference he also said it's going to be hardware standard functionality opposite um, optional as Ford is making hands free driving software Blue Cruise it's called uh, standard on many Ford and Lincoln models so basically they're going to install the hardware on every vehicle and this is a first for them. And then obviously you can turn it on or activate it if you want. Following the lead, right? Tesla installs the hardware on every vehicle. He says, I firmly believe that when services deliver value to a customer, it's appropriate for customer to pay for the services. And it allows them to take their money, invest in delivering even better services. So as we have them paying for services, we can make them better. He says, of course, we're committed to delivering a great experience for every customer, whether they pay for a subscription and service or not but we can do better for them when we have a subscription and we can have a service that's paid for. So customers can activate Blue Cruise um, at purchase for three years at $2,100. You know, they get a 90 day free trial and then if they activate it three years for 2,100, they can pay 800 a year if they wanna buy it annually or $75 a month and uh, some select Lincoln models. So the higher end ones are gonna come standard with it for four years. So uh, this is a little bit further into the conversation of what we were just talking about. Yeah, but all, all those sensors, the cameras, the LIDAR that are needed for this thing are going to be installed in the vehicle, like you said, Paul. And like, how are people going to react? It's like, if I don't want to pay for it, then don't pay for it right now. Six months, nine months later, you might decide to pay for it. And, you know, consumers should say, wow, at least I have the option. Like, that's, think, a, that's a good thing. I think the contrary point would be like, especially in a time where we're having so many affordability conversations and that's at the top, right? If that wasn't at the top of the pile in conversation right now, I think there would be less contention around it. But right now when it's saying like, hey, we're trying to get cars that uh, meet the affordability to bring that average new car payment down, which is up to like, I think it's up to like 750 or something like that. Um, To bring that down, you're spending the money to add these components into the vehicle. Can't you just give me a stripped down version? Doesn't have any of that fancy stuff. I don't want it to make a cheaper car. Right. So I think that's the contrarian point that's probably coming up. So, yeah, that, 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 that'll be the PR around it, right? Just say like, hey, because we can normalize um, um, the, 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 the manufacture of these vehicles, every car gets configured the same way. We've managed our supplier network as a result. The actual cost of building the cars is cheaper now. 
and it's offset by those users that want to pay for a subscription. So your car is actually cheaper, despite the fact it's got more electronics in it. The interesting thing will be is what, whether or not you know consumers figure out ways to hack these things. You saw recently that you know there, there's some researchers that have figured out how to hack and activate heated seats on Teslas now, yeah. aftermarket. And uh, you know t- Tesla has not responded, but I got to imagine Tesla isn't going to look favorably on folks getting in and, and toggling on features that otherwise would be paid. Mm-hmm. And how will the OEMs react to hackers? Yeah, that. I mean, it's it's going to be a never ending battle, right? But fortunately, with software updates over the year, it's going to be typically like you're going to need your car updated. And it's just, is that experience going to be more like the Apple, your system needs to be updated experience or the Windows, your system needs to be updated <laughs> experience is the real question, because that's going to, right, that's yeah. really going to color the entire, the entire, you know, user experience on how easy and automatic is it? Have you, do you own a car that has software over the air updates? I do not. Yeah, I I don't either. Um, So I, it's, there's still like this, this question right around what is that like? How is the car connect? Is it seamless? Is it annoying? Um, You know, one thing I, I brought up to my son, my son is 16 the other day and he's, he's about to, you know, he's shopping for his first car. He's about to get his license in a month. And, um, you know, he's considering leasing either a new Sportage or purchasing uh, like a Honda Pilot with like, you know, 180,000 miles on it. He's in this and, and yeah. I, I, it's got this system. It's got all this tech integrated, which is why he likes the Sportage. And I asked him, I said, hey, if the auto, if your car served you up ads on your welcome screen, right? I said, would you would you let it do that if it gave you a discount for the car? And he was like, absolutely not. That would be so annoying. I was like, what if they gave you like $100 a month discount? He's like, no way. It'd have to be. I was like, how much would it have to be? He said, it would have to be like half price, he said. So that that's my 16-year-old's view on that. But that, that's something I don't think we've seen yet. But but I'm curious, now with all these software updates, it makes a really reasonable place is that's where you would push advertising. Have you ever heard or thought of anything like that? We've seen some startups that are, are working on that too. And there might be a revenue share back to the OEM. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same way that if you're on Waze, it'll show you McDonald's or yes. gas stations nearby. Mm-hmm. I mean, those, those in some cases are sponsored, right? People are paying Waze for those sponsorship uh, spots. And, you know, right now, I don't know if there's any revenue share back. I don't, I don't imagine there is. I mean, Google owns Waze. But you can imagine the future on the dash, if the dealer wants to advertise, you know, come in today, get tires or brakes repaired because we can sense that your car needs them right now. There, there will be opportunities for... For, for dealers to push advertising, I would imagine, that are consumer-friendly advertising yes. to the screen. And, and you know, there, there may be third parties like McDonald's or Starbucks that pay some kind of revenue share back to either the OEM, likely the OEM, not so much the, the actual dealer, but they'd have to, like, you know, cr- cross the threshold of, like, some kind of compelling consumer value because you wouldn't want your screen too cluttered. You may be able to opt in or out of which vendors actually can advertise to you on your screen. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. I mean... Where there's attention, there's opportunity to make money. Steve, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, Whatever you're doing out there, tech, no tech, whatever it is, go serve some people. They're in front of you.